Welcome to the Beauty and Battle podcast, where we talk about winning in marriage by waging a war. I'm Jason Benham. I've got my girlfriend slash wife, Tori Benham, with me, and we are here to talk to you about how Satan tries to get you to fight face-to-face with your spouse, but God designed you to fight shoulder-to-shoulder against Satan so that you can win in your marriage. Fighting together draws you together. We cannot wait to jump in. So here we go. Today we're going to talk about something that nobody wants to talk about, but everybody wants to talk about conflict, Hmm. managing conflict. Yep. Now, a premise of our book is that fighting together draws you together. So the conflict that the devil uses to tear you apart, God actually uses that to draw you together because that's the way he made us. He made us for a fight. Yeah. We know this right from the jump. We said that in podcast episode one, you are made for a battle. There is a spiritual struggle going on and Satan uses that battle to tear you apart from the people that you should be connected to. Mm. And God uses that very same battle to draw you together and make you even stronger. Right. Okay, so if that's the case, then conflict is actually a good thing. That's what they tell me. (laughs) (laughs) That's what they tell me. I'm a nine on the Enneagram. We're going to talk a little bit about the Enneagram in the next episode, maybe. Yeah. And my greatest fear is conflict. Mm. And... I have definitely learned that conflict is really important. Yeah. Not experiencing conflict, but dealing with the conflict and the way that we deal with it and the way that we get through it, that's how we draw closer to each other. Right? Yeah, exactly. And I think the paradox is that the very thing that scares you the most is that, like is disconnection for me. Yeah. Like I'm afraid that yeah. conflict will bring disconnection. But conflict actually brings connection. So it's this like paradox. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. Well, I want to share with you two things that manifest in conflict. Okay. But before I do that, I'm wondering, do you, Mm. do you want to, we have to start out with some jokes. Say something like about bring some humor into this. (laughs) All right. Tori Benham, (laughs) the jokester. Okay. Are you ready to laugh? I'm ready. Like really ready. When does a joke become a dad joke? A dad joke. When it becomes a parent. Oh, <laughs> okay. There you go. I just wrote a book on reverse psychology. Okay. Don't read it. Oh, I get, okay. Got it. <laughs> are you like, you, you're you not coming up with any of these? No, yourself? these are just online jokes. Okay. Jason Can is I give not, you one? Jason does not think this is funny. No, I do. It's it's really funny. The you know, I'm laughing inside in my heart. Why do I laugh so hard when I read these at night? Yeah. It is funny because Tori looks these things up and I'll be sitting there crushing some kale salad she made or whatever and I'm looking over in the living room and she's sitting there laughing hysterically and I I don't ask her what the joke is because I'm waiting to hear it whenever we're live here yeah. on air. Lundy is way better at telling these jokes to you than you. She laughs so hard. Yeah, (laughs) that is true. Okay, well, I was going to tell you one real quick. Knock, knock. Who's there? Andy. Andy who? Andy bit me again. (laughs) See, that's not really good, right? No, I liked it. Thank you. I feel so connected. Mm. Oh, my goodness. You need to tell the joke that your dad... um... Yeah, okay. So, Tori and I celebrated our 21st (laughs) wedding anniversary, and... 
on our anniversaries, we always have to eat steak. Like we've always got to go to a nice steakhouse. So we took off, we went to a nice steakhouse and my dad texted us mid route and said, uh, actually, I don't remember exactly how it all worked out, but he texted, said happy anniversary or whatever. 21 years with Tori. No, 21, 21 years with Tori must have felt like 21 minutes, minutes, no, no, 21 seconds. Yeah. No, no, no. 21 minutes. Seconds. No, it's, it's minutes. Just follow me. Cause now you've reminded me. So it's 21 years with Tori has felt like 21 minutes underwater. (laughs) (laughs) That took us a while to get out. Like seriously. Wow. Look, we botched that. Should we say that all over again, just in case we want to? Nah. Redo it? Nah. That's why we love our podcast, our own podcast, because we're not going to edit anything. All right. I love this. Okay, now let me just tell you this. Two things always manifest themselves when conflict arises. Okay? You ready, Tor? You ready for this? Ready. Okay, here's the two things. The issue itself and the ability of the person to handle the issue. I forget which book I got that out of, but it was good. So obviously I've studied a lot for my master's degree in counseling and had to do a lot of relationship stuff, but two things always manifest when conflict takes place, the issue itself and the ability of the person to handle the issue. Now, if number two is good, number one will always take care of itself, which means if both people have a good ability to take responsibility and they have the ability to take control of their own behavior, then it doesn't matter what the issue is. The issue is always going to work itself out. So from that perspective, conflict should always be managed and not resolved. You're never going to resolve most conflicts. So it's the ability of each person to resolve the issue. Well, not resolve the issue, but to handle the issue. So we want to manage that conflict. That's what we want to do. Because if you're thinking about resolving it, some things you just can't resolve. Like I can't resolve, as I've said, on podcast and in our book and when we do marriage seminars, I can't resolve the fact that Tori does not believe that human beings should push in their drawers. Mm-hmm. Like when she pulls a drawer out <laughs> to get clothes out, she does not believe that they were meant to be pushed back in. Not all the way. Not all the way. I mean, halfway with stuff hanging off of it, right? That was a conflict that I tried to resolve in the beginning of marriage and realized the more I tried to resolve it, the more I tried to change you. Right. So, I learned later on, a little more mature in relationship, that you only manage those things. And the way that I manage them is that I have to think thankful thoughts. And then the thing that I used to criticize, thing that I used to criticize, I now think is cute. Right. So only God can do that. So your goal in conflict, though, is to understand your spouse and not win an argument. Mm. Like that's hard. That's hard for a dude. That is hard. That's hard on both ends. Yeah, but I think it might be harder for guys because we're such fixers. Women mm-hmm. women are so much better people than we are. Thank like, you. You understand, you like to listen and all that kind of stuff. I, on the other hand, you're talking and the whole time I'm thinking. What are you going to say next? <laughs> no, I'm thinking, well, I know how to fix that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, have you guys seen that video where the woman has a nail in her head and she goes and talks to her husband and she's like, I just feel like I've got so much pressure I feel just this pressure. And he's like, well, you got a nail in your head. She said, see, you're doing it again. You're trying to fix it. I just need you to listen. He's like, well, it's because you really have a nail in your head. You see? She's like, it's just this throbbing pain in the center of my forehead 24-7. He's like, yeah, "Yeah, there's 
Here's a nail. Yes. Stop trying to fix it. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but when it comes to conflict, the first response to that, when our spouse has something or we've got an issue or whatever, is to understand each other's side before we jump into any type of fix-it mode, if that's what we're supposed to do. Like, there comes a time where Tor has learned as the wife that I'm genetically designed to fix things. And so I've learned I need to listen, and then she'll invite me in to fix it. Mm -hmm. If I listened well enough, she'll say, okay, so what would you do? I'm like, whew. Well, that took about three and a half hours to get to, but you <laughs> finally asked me. <laughs> so I want to dive into this because we got into this a little bit in our book, but I really dive deep, deep, deep into this, specifically in any type of marriage seminar that we've done where I talk about the best way to manage conflict is knowing the difference between a complaint and criticism, mm. is knowing how to offer a complaint to your spouse rather than criticizing your spouse. Now, I'm not saying you become a complainer. That complainer is always, you know, that's the negative thinkers always finding things wrong and, and voicing. I'm not saying being a complainer. I'm saying that something legitimate has happened and you need to deal with it with your spouse and you got to bring it up. Mm. So you can criticize or you can bring up a complaint. Now, complaint focuses on behavior and is about how you feel. Right. Criticism focuses on identity and attacks who they are. Mm. So I'll, I'll give you, you three. You never push the drawers in. You're a slob. Yeah. So well, that's that where would I, be a complaint. Yeah, that's where I'm going is that a complaint and criticism both involve three parts. So a complaint consists of these three parts. So here's what happened. Yeah, that's part number one. So this is what you did. You got to talk about that. Mm -hmm. Number two, here's how I feel. Okay, now this is beautiful when you bring in a complaint. Here's what happened. Now here's how I feel. Now when you're talking about here's how I feel, this puts your spouse in your corner rather than making them feel like they're backed in a corner. Right. And you'll see how this is so different than a criticism here in just a second. So here's what happened. Here's how I feel. And here's what I'd rather you do. Mm. Or here's what I need you to do. Right. That's a complaint. Criticism involves these three parts. Here's what happened. Okay. You always do this. Mm -hmm. And then part number three, you're such a, and right. then you label them. It's character assassination. That's what it is. It attacks the identity. Right. So whereas a complaint says, here's what happened and here's how I feel about what you just said or what you just did, then it gets your spouse going, oh, wait, I don't want you to feel like that. Right. Right. But if you say, here's what happened, you always do that. Now, what are they going to do? Defend. They're going to defend. Wait a minute. I don't always do that. Especially yeah. when you then label them. Right. You know, when you label them like you're always late, you know, you're not as dedicated to this relationship as I am. Like right. I'm taking care of these Comparison kids. And, and now all yeah. of a sudden you've got them backed into a corner. Right. So criticism is going to rip you apart. Mm. You cannot let that happen. Now, here's the key. It happens in your mind. You mm. cannot let yourself have unchecked criticism in your heart mm -hmm. and in your mind. If you're thinking these thoughts, he's always late for dinner. He's always late. Mm. He doesn't care about me as much as I care about him. Now, here's the deal. Unchecked criticism in your mind leads to contempt. And contempt, according to Dr. John Gottman, he's a world-renowned marriage psychologist, he said the number one relationship killer is contempt. Wow. Contemptuous thoughts. Because what contempt does is it brings in the element of comparison. Mm. It's, here's what happened. You always do this. You're such a blank, and you label them. I never do that. Right. You, know, you always do that. I don't do that. If I were at work, I would always be home in time for dinner. Right. Kind of thing. Like, yeah. You're now bringing in comparison. And the minute comparison enters into the picture, you have contempt in your heart. Mm. 
And that contempt is going to rip your relationship apart. Wow. And you have to repent of that. Yeah. You've got to, you cannot let mm-hmm. unchecked criticism sit in your heart or in your mind. I loved John Gottman's stuff because he's been doing this research on marriages for like over 30 years. They have like video cameras set up in people's homes for over 30 years. Yeah. Like this is and a, they have a lab, a really long going, going research. Uh-huh. And one of the things that he found over his 30 years of research in studying these, I don't even know how many, it was hundreds of marriages. I think it's thousands. Thousands of marriages was the seven to one ratio. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead and share that. You want me to share? I thought you were going to share it. Okay. So actually he has two different ratios. Seven to one is one, but specifically when it comes to criticism, he talks about five to one. So if you make one complaint Mm. and it's not criticism it's complaint because he teaches this as well but if you have to bring up one negative thing then in order to offset that so it's a wash yeah right you have to say five positive things right there has to be five positive engagements to everyone negative to everyone you're right it is five to one it was five to one now if you want your marriage or your relationship to actually grow Mm -hmm. it has to be 20 to one Wow. So 20 positive exchanges to one negative exchange. Mm. But if you want your marriage to stay the same, Mm -hmm. then it's five positive exchanges to one negative exchange. And obviously, if you want your marriage to fall apart, well, then it's you've got more negative exchanges than positive. Right. It was an interesting study because he was saying how he just kind of expected it to be like an even number. Like there has to be an even amount of negative to positive because he said a lot of the relationships that they were studying, it was more negative than positive. That's right. So then he expected, well, if it's even, those marriages will probably last. And they didn't. He said the marriages that last were the five to one, Mm. that there was a very consistent, more positive feedback and speaking life into each other than than negative feedback. Well, you know, what you speak in, you will get out. Yeah. I mean, it's- you sow, you reap. Yeah. And so when we start talking about conflict, it really takes a mature spiritual person Mm. to be in the midst of conflict and find a way to speak life into your spouse in that moment. And only the Holy Spirit operating through you can do that. Right. You know, but just think about how powerful that is, is that when you guys get into an argument- and then you say something to your spouse that's actually life-giving in that moment. I mean, that has the strength to break chains right? and to knock down walls. Mm. And so I think about when God called Gideon to go out and take out the Midianites. And before he wanted Gideon to exchange in that massive conflict with the Midianites, he spoke life into him. He said, greetings, O valiant warrior. That's what the angel greeted Gideon. And what we know from wow. Gideon, when that's you read really the cool. whole book— is that he was a wuss. Yeah. He didn't want to go. He didn't want to lead. He didn't want to fight. And, mm. and, and he was always asking for a sign. So he was a total wuss. Wow. And yet God That's sent the so angel cool. and said, once like, you speak life in me. tell you who first, you are. Let me speak life in yeah. you first. I love that. And then you're going to get out and you're going to get into some serious conflict. Mm. And the first thing that he had to do before he went out and fought the Midianites as the leader is that he had to tear down the altar of Baal that it was in his dad's front yard. Mm. So there may be some things in your relationship that are there that shouldn't be there. Right. And you know that, like, for instance, let's say one of your spouses is completely addicted to social media and it's tearing you guys apart. Yeah. You guys need to have a conflict over that. Like, (laughs) you need to engage and tear that sucker down. Mm. 
and call a fast, like, hey, we're going to call a fast. Like, we're right. both going to fast social media for a month. Right. And the time where you would typically be scrolling through on social media, we're going to talk mm. or we're going to do something with our kids or whatever. Right. And one spouse may not like that. But I mean, that's the type of conflict we're talking about. I think the key in conflict is to to see that you're fighting for each other. Like yeah. when you present something like that to your spouse, you're saying, I want your attention. I miss you. I want, you know, this isn't a character assassination. Like what is wrong with you? You're acting like you're 12 years old. You're on this thing for, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, I want this time back with you. Like I really miss spending time with you. And I feel like this is robbing us of our time together. Yeah. It's like presenting it in a way that's for us. Mm-hmm. This is for us. Like, I love you. I want you back, you know? Yeah. Right. When you have the right lenses, mm-hmm. we've got a podcast we did on that, a new pair of glasses. Uh, that was a chapter. And I think that we did a podcast on that as well, where we talk about the lens through which you see your relationship. When you see your relationship as the warring mechanism that God uses to defeat the devil and keep him in his defeated state, right? and you need each other, then yeah, you have that mentality like what Tori just said, like, let's be in us. Let's not let this thing get us out of us because the world needs us. Our kids need us and we need each other. But what I was going to mention real quick before we wrap up at the beginning, when I talked about two things that manifest anytime conflict takes place, the issue itself and the ability of the person to handle the issue, the ability of the person to handle the issue is spelled responsibility. Mm -hmm. So in every single conflict, there are two parties And if both parties are not willing to own up to their part in the conflict, then you'll never get past it. Yeah. You cannot manage conflict when both people are not taking ownership. Yeah. And Tori and I have seen the number of times where you've had husbands and wives in front of us and one of them thinks the other one is completely at fault. Those relationships instantly were like, okay, I'm not even talking about the issue at this point. We have to talk about you not being willing to own up your piece of the pie. Right. Because if you can't do that, you know what they call, um, I forget if it's the American Psychological Association. I think it is. People who are not willing to take responsibility for their own behavior, they say have character disorders. Right. They have a character wow. disorder. Mm. So if the American Psychological Association says that, I right. mean, how much more should we recognize that when I get into a conflict, the best way to manage it is to take responsibility for my part first. Yeah. Right. Then we can jump into understanding the difference between a complaint, the way that you approach, and the way that you manage your Mm. conflict, knowing that ultimately it's to draw you together and not apart. That's right. Conflict. Okay. Do you want to fight about something? Like right here on our podcast Mm. so that we can like show people how not to do it? (laughs) (laughs) You idiot. Yeah. No, I think we're we're good. We're good. We'll wrap this up and move on. Okay, so are you going to give me a would you rather? Let's let's do I do or I don't. Would you rather? Give me a would you rather. Would you rather have foot long fingernails or foot long toenails? Oh my gosh. Foot long. That's easy for me. Yeah, just do the toenails. Toenails. You have to do the toenails. But you can't clip them, right? I don't know, though. Then you have to wear like ginormous shoes, like a clown. Yeah. Oh, that would be really weird. But foot-long fingernails, I mean, come on. You can't even type. Foot-long. Yeah, that's long. But the foot-long fingernail would be great for a back scratch. I'm so glad that this is not... Tori doesn't like scratching really... my back, by the way. I want everybody to know that. I'm like, hey, Tori, I got this. Can you just scratch my back for a second? And she'll hit me for about six <laughs> seconds, and then she's like worn out. 
Her arm gets too tired. I have ADHD when it comes to scratching back. She I'm can't like, okay, do it. I can't do this for too long. <laughs> we need to do a podcast on you. On well, I don't have any nails. Little things that you don't like that I do. Mm, little pet peeves. Yeah, like flatulence under the uh, sheets. That's yeah. not a good thing. I'd like you to figure out what is causing <laughs> <laughs> the consistent. <laughs> I hate my wife. <laughs> All right. Beauty and Battle, thanks for hanging out with us. Don't forget to rate, review, or share this if you like it. If you don't, then just give us the worst review you can. Well, no, okay, so don't do that. Maybe you could just reach out to us and just tell us it stinks and you would rather us talk about something else, like how to fix a rotary girder or something (laughs) like that. (laughs) So, all right, thank you. We'll see you guys next time on Beauty and Battle. 